that's where we're going. All right, welcome to another episode of Papa G's House, episode 113. As usual, I've got my illustrious co-host, Artur Carlos Diego Pereira III, a.k.a. Art Pereira. What's, What's up, up, dude? What's up? Yeah, hot again. Good. Good. Cuck I'm day. glad that you're hot. Yeah, cock day. Cock day. Cock day. Stop complaining. I'll stop complaining when they stop tuning me cock for stuff that I already had meetings about and they give me cock about okay, and they already approved of it. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> business stuff. Yeah. Should just be happy that you're mobile again. Yes, the car's back. Yeah, the car's back. It doesn't feel 15 grand better though. <laughs> it just feels the same. Yeah. That's the Jeez, worst. When you left the place earlier in the week, when you were reversing like a maniac, <laughs> <laughs> I could really feel that filter sucking. Eh? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But um, episode 113, we are changing things up this week. I'm so excited uh, for today's episode. It's... Uh, it's going to be a cool one. It's something that I'm extremely passionate about and something that uh, that I've been wanting to get involved in a long time. And I've, I feel like this guest that we've got today is the perfect recipe of it all. So we've got Devin Curra, who's a, a, an announcer, a broadcaster, a boxing promoter. What's up, my dude? Oh, a recipe for disaster, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, listen, we'll see how it goes. Eh? <laughs> no, all things are good. Thank you for having me, man. This is a real cool setup. Uh, love the Chinatown lights. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice one wearing the cap. Yeah, oh, I oh, yes. yeah. I've I always wondered, good. though, is there's two types of people when they get a cap. Yeah. yeah. They wear it immediately or they don't. No, wear it immediately <laughs> is one thing. Sticker on or sticker off. I'm, sticker a, on, I'm, I'm a sticker off guy. S- sticker on. Why is it still on? Because I just haven't bothered to take it off yet. <laughs> okay, fine. The, you stick, chew your fingernails so hard you can't get under the sticker. Something like that. <laughs> sticker on or sticker on until it starts peeling. <laughs> and then I, you rip it off. I, I was given a cap that had the sticker on and I didn't touch it for a while. And then I took the sticker off because that's what you're supposed to do. And then it just left like yeah, a sun disc. bleached disc on the, yeah. on the peaks. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck. No, that's true. I mean... I did that for for a while. I left the the, the sticker on. Are you a sticker on guy? No, take yeah. it off immediately. Did you feel cooler with it on though? Um, no, it was a fad, and I'm glad I got over it quite quickly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's been a long time since I bought a new cap. We've been gifted a new cap, so thank you, dude. Hey, pleasure, um, man. We'll get into everything, Kaya, um, a little bit later. But you know, it's it's cool to have you on the show. Um, I know we've, we've got... What are you doing, I'm bro? I'm getting the sticker off. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you take the hat off and check it out? I don't, my hair's not very good today. Uh, is it you having a I bad hair? I gave you boy a okay. <laughs> um, Oh, no. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shout out A-Linear. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to ask you, dude, is... So you're, you're in a, the, the boxing promotion side, but one thing is he, he sent me your LinkedIn... Um, uh, profile and i saw you recently done announcing for espn africa yeah now you you from cape town right or you where are you from i'm literally from the suburb that we're currently sitting in i was okay you're sun suburb born in mowbray at the maternity ward where i think 90 percent of my friends were born and uh yeah just been a southern suburbs boy my whole life went to the good old model c schools around the western cape and uh here i am getting paid to talk shit for a living I love it. I love it. Um, Model C, as in what school lived in the southern suburbs then? Uh, if, you don't, if you don't want to say it, no, I'm joking. No, you know what I'll say? I went to Wymook Boys High. Okay, okay. That's the, what, probably where I know you from, bro. <laughs> Did you go to what? I what? went to Bosch. Uh, okay, well, you yeah. guys were like the 
snooty up and nose. Or oh, were the rivals? No, I, mean, we, I didn't look at the We were really rivals. We used to beat the shit out of you and everything. <laughs> I go one Whatever up makes you sleep yeah. better when, at night. I don't know what our age difference is, but we, I don't know. It didn't happen in my day. So can I ask you now, you, you asked what school I went to. Yes. This is a typical male thing. Yes. What school did you go to? Yeah. What did you glean from knowing that I went to Weinberg? Has my, your opinion of me changed in any Absolutely way? Not. Okay. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, no, no. It's just always interesting. It's, it is a very... I don't know if it's a southern suburb or a Cape Town thing, or a, a joke, very or a southern suburb Af- thing, or a South African thing. Yeah, so more so the thing. South. The, actually, that's great that you bring that up. It's it is a southern suburb thing because the southern suburbs contain Bishops, Rondebosch, Sachs, Weinberg. Who were the other the schools that really competed in the, the likes of try to play sports every now and then? <laughs> but but I'm saying the ones that competed in their league in terms of water polo, cricket, uh, rugby. It was really just it those, was just those schools. Yeah, yeah, and then we would go out to the the farmland schools, Paul, and all that, and, and get, get the shit lambasted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, except oh. in water polo and yeah. cricket, we used to win cricket and water polo. And then rugby season, they were all taking steroids again, and we got the shit kicked out. I actually feel like it's the um, the contrary to that. I feel like if that's the case, that there's an unspoken bond if you've been to one of those four schools. There is a bit of an unspoken bond because we all speak English and then whenever we went yeah. to the And Hall we all talk shit about no, exactly. our respective schools Yeah, back I in think the day. that's kind of where it starts and yeah. where it ends, but I'm pretty sure that everybody outside the streets of Claremont is throwing a punch at one other guy from another school. Oh, definitely. I got lambasted by Francois Lowe. <laughs> There's a, yeah. there's a lot of people who had that same problem. Well, no, I, 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 I told the story. Well, I mean, listen, it was a night of vodka and Fanta. Okay, Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it is a kind of un, a kind of thing that actually happens. So man. you had the shit kicked out of you by a World Cup winning well, Springbok. Yeah, well, he, he only hit me once. That's yeah. fine, though. Yeah. He's a World Cup winning Springbok. You only hit him once, though. I only needed one. Yeah, he hit me <laughs> once. I had a absolute welt on my forehead. I, I'm... I got a hard forehead. I'm sure there was. Uh, he had a sore hand. That's for damn sure. Yeah, sure. He but did. Uh, yeah, he bought me a beer afterwards, and we were cool after that. We played in the same rugby team together at Villages for a year. So I mean, it's not like it, we were didn't know each other. Oh, so then he had a me- reason to remember you after that, other than like punching. That was actually before we were in a rugby oh, team together. <laughs> it was my. I was, I was one year out of school, and he was a matric at the time. And he was massive. He's huge. Yeah. He was a big boy. But I knew him from when we were a lot younger. But but in terms going mm. back to to how you, you got it. In- <laughs> yeah, I know, for sure. But how how you got back to to getting into this like uh boxing or combat sports, how did, how did you get to even the announcing part of it? Where did where did your journey in this realm start? So the journey in this realm started when I've got a picture on my fridge of me as a three-year-old with boxing trunks and boxing gloves on as like an infant in 1986. And uh, I, although my memory, obviously I can't remember that far back. I don't remember that day or whatever. But I do remember my dad always waking me up in the early hours on a Sunday morning to watch boxing with him. My mom didn't watch boxing. My brother didn't watch boxing. So my dad didn't like being alone. Mm. I was always dad's boy, so he'd wake me up and he would... uh, make a massive fry up breakfast because okay so for people who don't know uh boxing in america time zone wise four o'clock in the morning was when you woke up in south african time to watch a fight from vegas or new york is at seven o'clock in the morning so that's sort of waking me up watching the sport watching boxing you know brian mitchell was the first fighter that i remember watching 
And um, but my fixation was never really on the fight itself. My fixation was always on the dude in the tux in the middle of the ring with the microphone in his hand. And it was Michael Buffer. It was, um, I don't think at the time it was anybody other than Michael Buffer. He kind of dominated the big fights mm -hmm. since, God, like maybe the late 70s, yeah. early 80s. You know, he started. He was also, the first to like coin a term. I exactly. Think. Like, let's get ready to rumble. Oh, and that guy. because you said that, you owe him royalties. Well done. Oh, really? He's trademarked that. Oh, wow. No yeah. one's allowed to say it without paying him. Well, come at me, Michael Buffer. <laughs> no, but that's the craziness of it all. He's gotten that big that he could trademark a phrase that isn't allowed to be said by anybody, legally speaking, without paying him. I mean, dude, you know you dominate an aspect Damn. of something in this world when you can say a phrase like that and get paid for it. But um, that aside, it was more like I would wake up, I'd watch the fights, go doggies. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know... It, it, that fixation of me watching the ring announcer, I would go and lock myself in the closet in a bedroom and I'd start imitating voices and I'd start trying to do what that ring announcer was doing. And my parents always used to hear me talking to myself in my bedroom and I'm sure it was quite weird for them <laughs> as parents. <laughs> That's literally what my mother sounds like. It's all your fault. <laughs> you created this monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I was always in the sport. I started obviously appreciating the sport of boxing more. I started following fights more. Um, but then obviously when I went to good old Model C school, you had to play cricket, rugby, winter sport. You know, boxing wasn't a thing that we could do. No. So I got sucked into that whole aspect of school for a good seven or eight years into high school and all that. And I kind of lost track of boxing. But then I'd start watching it again after school. And I'd start training boxing after school because... I didn't like rugby enough to do rugby anymore. I wasn't a villagers boy. I didn't, no, I didn't dig that whole vibe. I couldn't be asked to play nine hours of cricket on a fucking mm. Saturday in 35 degrees. Not my style. So <laughs> I was training boxing. And uh, in 2007, uh, I was at a gym called the Harrington Street Boxing Gym in Harrington Street, yeah. East City. It was underneath the base. It was a basement of an old church. Was it by the cage? Uh, okay, up the road from the cage. Uh, Isn't that okay. that old strip joint? Yeah. It's yeah. been many things. <laughs> brothel, strip joint. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stag Den. It was, it was one of those uh, clubs of many trades. <laughs> but it wasn't the cage back then. It, the cage came a little bit later. I don't know if it was before 2007 or after 2007, but it was there. Yeah. And um, we had this little inter-gym fight night, white collar. So doctor versus lawyer, pilot yeah. versus priest, whatever. And uh, the owner of the gym at the time she comes up to me she goes you got the biggest mouth in this place you talk shit non-stop do you want to be the ring announcer for our fight night i didn't even think twice about it i was like done yes absolutely 100 percent. yeah why not sounds great but then the week of that first event started drawing nearer and i was like oh shit i actually could do this i've got to like i've put myself out there now i gotta like pull it off yeah so off to Markham's, I went and bought myself a very cheap suit. And uh, I've still got one 20 years later. Hey, listen, <laughs> shout out Markham's. My, my, my suit still lasts. So like, I'm, I'm stoked with my suit from Markham's. Listen, so. if I could get my wrist through the arm sleeve, <laughs> I'd be very surprised. Okay. I'm not the same person. Yeah, I yeah, sure. And um, yeah, I did the show. It was, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I probably fucked up a million times, but it was just to get it out the way. And then you know, we started doing these shows monthly and then doing those shows. Oh, shout out to Mavericks. 
because the Ringles were <laughs> Maverick strippers. Oh, nice. Yeah, the early shift ones. They would pitch up to do our fight <laughs> and they would bugger off to Mavericks afterwards. Nice. Which also led me to doing the MCing for a mud wrestling contest at Mavericks. Oh, wow. Which was my crowning glory in my early 20s. I mean, geez, I never let that one go. <laughs> um, but really? The, like you did a mud wrestling and you announced it? Eh? Yeah. So the owner of Fighting Mavericks, out of Russia. Fighting <laughs> out of Poland. It was literally <laughs> like that. The owner of Mavericks boxed at our gym. And okay. um, he supplied the ringles. And he's like, don't you want to come and do that? I was like, yes, 100%. Absolutely. It was a great evening yeah i'm sure uh, <laughs> and um it just snowballed so people started seeing me doing this and boxing started growing at the same time in the western cape i got asked to do a whole bunch of shows and hundreds of shows later here i am still doing it still loving it but now doing it on like actual real sports networks so um espn is where i'm currently contracted to although i'm freelance i can do mm. anyone's show mm -hmm. I don't do like lockdowns or any of that kind of thing um, into lock-in sort of contracts. Yeah. Because I like to be flexible and you never know what the future holds. But yes, I'm those, those are, can prove to be quite nasty as we know from our American counterparts. Yeah, well, also from working at the SABC, the worst contract of all time that I ever, ever had when I worked radio. Okay. Where you got like zip benefits, absolutely nothing. And then they just told you at the end of the day, hey, uh, you're not coming back on Monday. Oh, shit. I bet I don't want to digress too much. No. But, but you did but you did go, you started announcing mm. and then somehow trickled to radio. I would like to hear how you got to the broadcasting side sure. of it eventually. So, well, look, the announcing, say, say from 2007 till about 2013. It was just in-house club shows. It was, it was there was no TV. Uh -uh. It was just in front of the live crowd that we had, and we had. I did um, a lot of white collar shows. So Harrington Street closed down. It became the Armory. I did Armory for yes. about yeah. from 2010. To Armory's about, very popular, isn't it? It still yeah. is. Yeah, it's a. It's I know a, a couple of people gym. have actually done those white collar events in box. My yeah. mate uh, Jason Cooper, Rob Hitchens, they Steve fought Smith. each other. Yeah, Steve Smith from yeah. Three More White Guys. Steve, did it. Yeah. I announced him. Man. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I was. I a couple of Weinberg boys as well. I think Chaz was involved in one of them. Chaz, Chaz didn't box at the armory but he but did he was box he was cornering someone yeah, i think he was he cornering was, brendan leesk or or some of the brendan leesk another I, I did a k1 fight of it he popped up in, in kickboxing at one stage oh really yeah so okay. he he did everything i mean like he was a hell of an athlete at school so it's not surprising but now he's big into like running it didn't he do more so like he was always into and running and triathlon yeah yeah and it was, it's a simple crossover you got the fitness you just have to be able to get, look take at a paul, paul falder from the ufc yeah. Nick Diaz, Nate Nick Diaz, Diaz. both, both Diaz brothers, yeah, yeah. 100%. Jeez. So doing those club shows and then eventually I got asked to do uh, a show in Joburg that was on Supersport and that was my first television experience. And <laughs> Did you cut yourself? Oh, you have no idea how bad yeah, the I I mean, just an anxiety, the anxiety for me starting a show like just my podcast. I don't like, give a shit. What was I the know, first you time you like playing in a band in front of people and I then cried. playing in a band in, front, in a concert or at a, at, a, at a huge festival. It's the same shit your pants thing, yeah. except this time you're on TV. But it doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. Uh, now I don't feel anything. Now it's like, yeah. like a day in the office. Thank God. Do you not feel any anxiety nothing, before you go live? Nothing. Not a, like I like have to sort of hit myself in the face to like, I've got something serious to do now. Mm, There's mm. people who are paying me to do this job. I've got to be the best I can be. And I bring myself around it, but I'm never nervous anymore. But I'll never forget that first night that I did that super sports show. Um, it was the first time I was wearing an earpiece and you I had was the truck and you hooked yeah. up to the truck at the back. 
And like you meet the director, he's like, oh, so you've done this a few times? I'm like, yeah, he goes, is you, have you done TV in, at all? And he goes, I said, no, this is my first one. He goes, oh, shit. Oh, uh, and he turned around and he went off to his like other guys. And I was like, oh, geez, did I just tell him something that you didn't want to hear? And obviously I did. Yeah. So anyway, we get it, I get into the ring. It's the first fight of that fight card. And uh, he goes, okay, cue, Devin, three, two, one, cue. And as I started letting go of my first words, suddenly he is on the comms in my ear, shouting at all the cameramen, telling them where to be. And I didn't know that was oh, going to happen. And, and you being, and you oh. getting distracted. And you go, uh, uh, I didn't uh, uh. know how to deal with that. Yeah. I lost my train of thought for a good five seconds. I vegged out. It felt like a month. Yeah. So, but that can't be right. They didn't tell me this. Yeah, but surely, surely they muted, they should have muted because they got to be channels right there are channels but they didn't mute me and look i prefer now to have all of that in my ear yeah, wow so i know what's going on in, around me yeah because you know which camera is live you know where to look that at would exactly all that completely stuff. throw me but the first time you hear that it's like i'm having a conversation with you but having a person talking to my ear here about something completely different yeah so i was like okay i've got to talk to these people and i just went uh, uh, and i i've still got that on video i still like <laughs> i humble wow. myself by watching it um and then <laughs> it, it, it went off well like i did well enough but it was 2013 i was still very green um it took a, lo a, lo a while to get another television show just because the sport wasn't as rampant as like boxing or, rag or boxing or football i mean rugby or football or yeah, cricket yeah, 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 it's yeah. not as common it's not as often yeah um and then i started doing a couple more super sports shows and i got more comfortable with it i started doing smaller productions you know youtube streaming yeah and then eventually, like, I don't want to do a show without the director in my ear telling me what's going on. Now I'm perfectly fine with it. Wow. Otherwise, if I don't like it, I just turn it down. Or turn uh, it okay, so you've got your own controls as yeah. well. But the thing is, you need to hear that truck in your ear to know where um, they're going to cut to, of, exactly. of course. I find that so fascinating because I've just been obsessed since 2018, since I started this, the world of broadcasting. Yeah. And it, it blows my mind and I'm still to this day so passionate about it it's crazy i mean you take a tour through a production truck that like super sports production trucks are like 18 wheelers yeah. they are huge and it's just the most state-of-the-art buttons knobs and levers and screens like said knobs it's <laughs> <laughs> an inside thing um and you take a look inside and you're like jesus this is what it takes to put this on our screen on television this is what it takes and it's hundreds of millions of rands worth of production yeah i did i had i had a minor experience with broadcasting it was with the horse races yeah at kenilworth racetrack but it was either here or at durbanville i was one of the cameramen they even then they had like 20 tvs for each camera there's cameras everywhere comes with the director and it's like archie like live and they're just like don't lose focus follow the horse follow the horse pull back it's like Ugh. You on rad. the camera must have been, yeah, don't lose love, focus I on the horse. I love how he uses flying. the camera. Like, yeah. he, you've been holding your tripod too often. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a <laughs> no, gun, brother. No, no, That's with, a camera. With that, it was like, because you had cameramen all over. You had, like, stands, like, at in the corners. And then, like, you would catch the, the one corner going past. And then you'd work your way up from the, from the guy that does his starts to one of the corners to the main camera, which is, like, right by the finishing line to the head-on camera. Yeah. And I got to the head-on camera and it's like, as the horses are coming in, you're cropping in and you're focusing on the lead horses while maintaining the focus and pulling out and keeping them in center and stuff. You're like 
panicking. Like, Imagine being a Formula One uh, cameraman. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, there's also so much. What I've noticed in especially the last, say, seven years of production is how much smaller everything's become. Yeah. So, Definitely. okay, Supersport, wonderful world-class channel. But what we do on ESPN, we get the same broadcast quality out of it, but with half the size. The truck is nowhere near as big as that. It's a much smaller truck. It's a smaller team. But what we're able to bang out is completely comparable if not better. Um, but, you know, it's... I love it's, how you said that with an American accent. <laughs> if not better. If not better. Yes. <laughs> the know, worldwide the, leader in sports. This is... And, and then the, the other aspect is like how you can stream live sports now with just a couple of cameras. Yeah. And you can get it onto YouTube and it goes across the world to every country... Well, except for China, North Korea and yeah, the, possibly Vietnam. The few companies... I mean, <laughs> the few countries that it's not allowed. Exactly. But this is the, this is the beauty of it is that the sporting world now has become so much smaller because it doesn't cost you millions of rands to put something on television anymore. All it takes is a couple of cameras, an internet connection, yeah. and a YouTube subscription, and bang, <laughs> you're A for away. So that, and I've seen that happen. It's rapid. Like, I'd, where we're going to be in 10 years' time in terms of what it takes to do a world-class production, it, I shudder to think. It's not going to be trucks anymore. I don't believe that that's going to mm. be the thing anymore. But um, it's, it's beautiful to be a part of being able to do live sports. And I, I cherish every day because I've literally grown up wishing to have what I have right now. And now I got it. And I pinch myself every single time I get up there, like about to do a show. I'm like, I remember when I was a kid in the cupboard, fucking doing these voices and imitating things. And now here I am. And also, shout out to my standard seven English teacher who told me that I could never get paid money to talk shit. Yeah. But I mean, talking, I want to send him a. I want to send him a paycheck. Talk, <laughs> talking shit or or or, or uh, like an announcing that English because te- I mean, look, I always I was constantly talking shit like throughout class. I was a guy who never enjoyed anything scholastic. I liked English and I liked geography and I liked history. That was it. Fuck math, business economics. Like I was mm. not good at that. I, I could have been good if I worked. Sounds like we're kindred spirits, yeah. right, yeah, bro? Laziness exactly is an same. amazing I'm exactly equalizer. The same, yeah. Um, but, you know, like in English, that was always like, I loved doing like orals and public speaking and debating shit in class. So it was always from that aspect that I would never know when to switch off. And I'd like in class, I was like always talking to people around me and whatever. And it was always a constant, a consternation between me and the teacher. And one day he, he snapped at me. He goes, you know, you better hope that you're going to be successful because you can't get paid to talk shit in this world. And I was like, oh. I had many. And, and I don't want to take anything away from that because that's debilitating. Like as a kid, the, if, if they say something like that to you, you can be so affected by it. But they just seemed so, maybe they were so hatful of it at the time. You know? Yeah, I can, no, I can understand. All you can... I as because I was I was first team rugby and blah blah blah. So I was a big bloody loudmouth myself. And my African teacher says, "You guys, you're never gonna get anywhere, you fat slob." <laughs> you fat slob. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" My whole life was ruined from that day onwards. Kids of today, we were fat shamed. Yeah, when we, we were in fat school. My African understand the pain. Mister well, Noel, you fat shamed me, you <laughs> motherfucker. Well, my my geography teacher only said one thing to me when I left school: "Good luck." 
<laughs> you should have said to him, I'll be back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. See I'll me rolling in my Volvo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just good luck. Thanks. Yeah, moving on from our school trauma. No. Um, but that's crazy, dude. I love the... F- so, so, did you ever get into... So, I know broadcasting, announcing. Announcing yeah. is your passion, right? Yeah. Um, so... In terms of broadcasting, what kind of broadcasting stuff in terms of uh, the radio that you mentioned earlier? Oh, geez. Yeah, so I did a stint at SAB. Well, it was like four or five year stint. Mm. Call that a stint. I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of a semi-career. Um, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. Semi. So, <laughs> love and semi. Is this, okay. I now know what the game is. So, Welcome um, to Papa G's house. <laughs> I, um, I was... I was so because I, in 2013, had such a nightmare, well, what I perceived as a nightmare in my first real live production, I went to uh, Varsity College to do a short course in television presenting, mm-hmm. and I graduated it really well, and the uh, lecturer at the time, she worked for SABC as a newsreader, and she said, we're looking for somebody who can come and talk sports on the shows, would you be interested? So I was like, absolutely, radio. Well, that's going to be great. I've never done radio and I've, I like talking. And But you're like, radio is difficult. And it's difficult because you don't see anyone that you're talking to. You're just looking at this thing. It goes out into the ether and you have no idea. Yeah, that's why they always put on those voices because they think they've got to like amp it up a bit to keep it more entertaining. Yeah. But yeah. you have like, so I can be ring announcing in a crowd. I can see the faces in front of me and I can... I can project and I can see what I'm doing right or wrong by the look on your face looking back at me. Yeah. Radio, you're just talking. And there could be someone in their car having a really shit day who's just changed the channel because he doesn't like the sun. That's the kind of like anxiety you go through. But it was fun. It was a great developmental time in my life because it taught me to do a lot of ad-libbing. So if I ever had an issue where I was stuck and I didn't know how to get through a sentence or whatever, radio cleaned that all up for me. It really it was a paid education. It's uh, an, a very good paying education, like SABC paid well, mm-hmm. which is why they're so fucking broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the truth. Cloudly and what's what? Oh, Cloudy, yeah? That guy absolutely destroyed a good thing. But um, I Motswaneng. got... Sorry, I didn't pronounce the... Cloudy Motswaneng. Cloudy Motswaneng. Cloudy. But um, the cool thing was is that I got to work at Good Up FM. And yeah. Good Up FM, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I'd always wake up to Good Up FM on my little bedside radio. You know, the alarm would go off, the alarm wouldn't go off, the radio would switch on. And it was Mark Gilman and the Mark Loved Gilman Mark show Gilman. and Dangerous Dave or Danger Boy and all that kind of... Like, that's what I remembered growing up as a kid. And suddenly I'm on this radio station, that same one. Yeah, mm. Okay, Gilman's far removed. Um, it was Ryan O'Connor after him, Ryan wasn't O'Con- it? I was a bit after the Ryan O'Connor era. Um and yeah, it was a good four or five year run, but you know, radio, it was fun for what it was. The money was the only thing that really kept me there. I wasn't passionate about radio. Um, you know, you'd spend three hours in a studio with, for me, okay, like I love the people that I was with, absolutely beautiful human beings, but we were in very different phases of our lives. So when you got three people in a studio who's just had a kid, 
guess what happens and what you're talking about whenever the it goes silent all the time. time. And I was just hooking up my headphones and like watching YouTube until I had to talk again. Oh wow! It, now it did they like did that. they give you all the sports stuff to talk about, or did you have to prepare to come in and talk all the sports? I stuff? had to prepare. So well, that's okay. on that's on the the disc jockey, the DJ. Yeah, well, no, you think that you get speed fed. So news, when the, the people who read news, that came from news upstairs. Yeah, sure. Editorial yeah, yeah. wrote yeah. everything they had to say word for word. You, you, ad lib. I had time. to, no, shout out News 24 Sports because <laughs> I would literally five minutes before I went on air, I'd find five sports stories, the biggest ones of the day. I would copy, cut, paste, email it to myself so it's on my good mm. OFFM screen. And you'd read it. And then read it back, but just not word for word. Yeah, like yeah. Just break yeah. it up a little bit. And uh, that's a creative license. That's how I did it. Yeah. And that's that's what they do. That's what they do today. Yeah. Maybe not News 24. Who knows what they use? But I found News 24 was probably the best in terms of live mm. reporting. And then I'd say I'd do a, a, a 3.30, a 4.30, a 5.30, and a 6.30 read. And then I'd just swap out two stories per read. So it wasn't always the yeah, same always thing. Yeah, repetitive, yeah. Yeah. But we did some cool things. We, like... The music was fucking terrible. Yeah, but the music was it wasn't terrible. my style of music. Yeah. It wasn't what I was into. And what was the most cringe stuff that you had to be involved on? Because sometimes they do some really cringy shit. It, the cringiest shit was always <laughs> these performers who would come into the studio and play live. Because, again, they don't have a crowd to look at to judge how they're doing. They just let it out there. And we were seeing them as naked as can possibly be. They're standing in front of us in our studio in the corner, hooked up to our system, and they're playing, but it's going through the speakers in your car. It's not going through the speakers in the studio. So you would hear a guy on an electric guitar, and all you were hearing were the strings, yeah, but you weren't hearing any of... Really? The, no, you weren't hearing any synthesis. I don't know what the word is. I mean, you'll know what it is. Yeah, we weren't hearing any wet. I wasn't hearing, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't hearing any of the fun. Yeah, yeah. So I was just watching a dude strumming clank, strings clank, in clank, front clank, of me, clank, 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 clank. You're like... This is fucking music. Yeah. This guy's number one. Damn, really? I didn't. I, I thought that with with li live music performances that they would have like. So in between this whole SABC vibe, you're doing the announcing at the same no. time. No, so radio took up all of my time. Mm -hmm. I was on a drive time show from Monday to Friday, weekends, and I also I, I had other work at the same time. Like I was just doing that show in, for three hours in the afternoon. I was working twelve hour days. I was up at five o'clock in the morning. I was at gym by six. I'd do my day job, come three o'clock. I'd go to the studio, work until seven, get home, eat, sleep, repeat. That was for three years. It killed me, but it also stopped me from, like I'd get an offer to do a boxing show on the weekend. I'm like, I just want to chill at home. I'm fucked. I don't want to do anything. So I completely left the boxing scene while I was doing those four or five years in radio. And then I got let go of an, uh, at SABC. And uh, suddenly, like, the office started coming in to do boxing again. Mm. Not by me looking for it, but people just started saying, can you, can you come and do this fight card? I'm like, okay, well, i got the time to do it. Now, and I got back into it and drew myself back. I never left the sport. I was always in it. I was always boxing. I was always in gyms. I was always talking about it online uh, with a big sort of Facebook group that I've got called SA Boxing Buzz. And uh, I always knew what was going on in the scene. And then I stopped doing radio. I went back into boxing and got pulled into a lot of sort of big rad shows, good live productions, super sports shows, and to now where I am with ESPN. And I'm glad that I left radio. But radio taught me a very important lesson. Yeah, it's a lot a great, of very important lessons. And and that's another thing that I always see from 
people overseas. Yeah. Say, let's go America. I mean, I follow everyone. I follow the Hawani, Hawani's, I follow Teddy Atlas, Eddie Hearn, Bob Arum, the whole bank shit, all those promoters. Um, and it's, it's all the same. It's, they all, I mean, not, not specifically the promoters, but the, the media folk that uh, cover those uh, people. They all came from college, radio, and then to, to, to the mainstream media for that specific sport. Well, the best example is Ryan Seacrest. So yeah. Ryan yeah. Seacrest is syndicated all over the world. Yeah, He still works radio shows his own radio shows. Like, I think it's on Sirius or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Sirius big. Sirius is massive, eh? But he's also doing all of the live television that matters, E! News, Red Carpet, whatever it may be. I don't know if he still does it now. I've lost a bit of touch he's with that. He's an executive producer on all those reality shows he's got, as well. Exactly. He's got his Side finger hustle. in so many pies. You kind of wonder, like, how does this guy do this every single day? When does he take a shit? Exactly. But he's always hyper energetic. He will look at on camera. You want to watch what he's doing. You want to watch what he's saying. And he's he blessed still, with the looks as well. Yeah. And he still he still finds time to take the piss on himself by like being in movies and making jokes about him. Yeah, and he's yeah. like totally in it. The guys are awesome. Awkward Dude, walk on just, cameos. I mean, Just <laughs> Google his net worth and that's you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's they, why he does that. Yeah, and that's the why, because works. the guy's got a motor. He's got an engine. Yeah. The guy works hard. As opposed to being like, he can be like, also, like, think of The Rock. Yeah. How many movies has that guy been in in the last 10 years? It's literally five or six a year that come out that's got The Rock's Well, he's on. the modern day Arnie. Yeah. This will be stopping. We're trying to get out of here. Get out. Get out. Get, get out of here. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. But his name is The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's all about the mana, baby. But these guys, I mean, The Rock coming from WWE, which I'm also a massive wrestling fan. Okay. Like a lot of people don't know that about me. I watch WWE every week. Really? I love it. But yeah, I love I haven't it. seen it in the last like six years. Talk so. to me. Yeah. Talk to me about Patrick McPhee. That Patrick are, McPhee? He is the best, dude. He's just now, he's doing uh, all the, the color commentary for for WWE. But is that, is that the guy who's Pat on McAfee. SmackDown? I think yeah, it's okay, SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. SmackDown. But they've just hired Jimmy Smith to do Monday Night Raw. Exactly. And Jimmy Smith, he did a stint in... Uh, UFC. UFC. Bellator. He, he also had a, a, a Discovery Channel um, reality show where he would go and do different fighting around the world against like a champion from that gym and oftentimes get fucked up. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but with another dude. It was a great series. I just forget. I think it was called like The Way of the Warrior or something. Like, I don't Is know. Is Jerry yeah. the King Lawler still doing it? You should, by the way, check, check out Fight World ah. by... Uh, Frank Grillo. Uh, yes, Very I have good. watched a lot of that. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. I love it when they go to Myanmar and it's like, what the fuck? Uh, okay. sweating. And they do the... And then these... Uh, yeah, it's called... Uh, Le- it starts with an L. Lethway. Lethway. Yeah. That's it. Uh, so for people who don't know what Lethway is, it's Muay Thai with headbutting exactly. and no gloves. Yes. You just wrap your hands and bandage. That's it. Headbutting is the most, main thing, though. Most dangerous sport in the world. Yeah. Lethway. It, it is, it's, from Myanmar. It's violent, bro. I thought it, it was so And they've got Oaks from Poland, everything coming through. Frank Grillo sitting there all handsome and shit, sweating his fucking balls off. I've got a really fun thing for you. Jason in Germany, he told me he went to go watch this thing. Now, how would you approach announcing a chess boxing game? 
Okay, have you ever so seen those? I have seen chess boxing. I think it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, you beat the crap out of someone and then you guys have got to go do on a the round, clock. Or do you have to play chess. chess after that you've just been fucked up? You do a round of boxing, then you do like a round of chess. And then, <laughs> ding, ding, then you go box and yeah. then you go play chess again until you either checkmate or you get knocked out or you, or you submit. And it's popular wow. enough that it's actually on television. It's a thing. Yeah. But I can imagine it to be super hectic because they've just been rocked and now they've got to think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exa- I think that's why the chess was the aspect. Yeah. Of the- Let's make this fun. Make them play chess. Yeah, yeah. She's got her <laughs> fucking square eyes going. Now, how how would you go about announcing that? Because like, would you go like super serious because it's ironic, or would you actually like make it light? That's a massive right hand. Oh, there goes the bell, and oh, he's going. For yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. That's how I thought. Yeah, I believe this could. It's be almost like going from MMA to golf. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And then going straight back into horse racing, <laughs> announcing after that. It's nuts. Um, I've seen it a couple times. Like I watch it on YouTube every now and then. It's quite a laugh. Um, and the Russian slapping slapping matches. Oh my god, dude, those those are rough. Eh? Because you know what they they you know what cheat. They, they they hit, hit with the, the palm. palm on the jaw. That's a knockout. Yeah, that that's straight a up. punch. But it's about the sweet spot. Because yeah. if you don't hit that sweet spot, you're just gonna get a proper ring and a deaf ear. Yeah, there was there was one guy who like a big dude who got knocked out like Bisping was, Ooh. just like planked. Why do you always have to refer to my favorite dude being because knocked out? Because that knockout of his was insane. it was it was like his whole neck was contorted. Yeah, and dude. Stuff. It's like, but this guy was like, big dude is like, Dad whatever. Is. He gets slapped and he fell over, but his whole body was just like dead. Well, was then when Hendo smashed him with the right hand? Yeah, and then like a jumping, up. leaping yes, right yes, hand. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I remember that. That's yeah. all Hendo was good for. I think UFC 192 or something like that. Damn yeah, it, that crazy. guy was a hell of a fucking human being. Yeah, but he walked like an old geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what he walked like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't bend his, he had no hamstrings. Hey, listen, Bisping got his. Uh, yeah, he got his come yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. He got, he got <laughs> his come up. And now you wouldn't even think the way that he commentates that he's ever been hit in the head before. He's a brilliant commentator. He's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, he's my favorite by far. Um, sad he's not on a on a on a pay per view yet, but he will get there. Listen, I think Joe's in the process of being cancelled right now, so you could see Bisping step up soon enough. You, Dana White, is never gonna let Joe go. Never, never. We'll, well see. We, I that, think that can be a, a wager we can put. Like the UFC. If the Spotify hasn't removed him, then well, he's the, got a hundred million dollars of their money. <laughs> I, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. So he's just yeah. saying, "Cool, fire me." You know what? The thing is, he can go anywhere else and be equally as. You know big. what? A lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying we're digressing hard, but it yeah. doesn't Super matter. Hard, but it's fine. But this is this is the true true value of of this conversation. Uh, is is uh, fuck? I've lost my train of thought. What? Um, Listen, oh, oh, they're all going go to Elon Musk. He's got billions. He can start a network, free speech network, no holds barred kind of stuff. And everyone gets a free Neuralink implant <laughs> into their brain. In the back of the neck, baby. No, Let's man. Go. You know, he, he, if he gets booted by Spotify, he just goes and joins He's Donald not Trump's new network. Yeah. He'll which just, is going to be hilarious. Uh, but you'll <laughs> start a streaming service with Amazon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so your last... The one thing I wanted to ask you in terms of the the um, the boxing promotion kind of side is there's been a pandemic. Yeah. How has that affected boxing in South Africa? It's been brutal, man. Um, like any sport that you're watching with no fans in the stadium, no fans in the seats, boxing was exactly the same. But boxing was slightly different because... So the way boxing works as a business is you register as a promoter 
then you offer contracts to fighters to fill your fight card. You pay them their money, their, their purse. And as a promoter, it's res you're responsible to go and get that money to pay them. So the pandemic hits and a promoter, like you get like levels of promoters. You get the ones who have the television networks. And then you got the developmental guys who just keep the game alive. Mm -hmm. Those guys have lost their shirts in mm -hmm. the last three years. They are the kinds of people who have been remortgaging their houses. They've been selling their own personal effects to be able to keep it alive. Because here's the thing. While the sun was shining, they had a lot of fighters that they were paying. Suddenly, the taps got switched off. But these fighters were going, we stuck by you when things were good. You guys owe us fights now. So these guys felt under duress. They had to put these fight cards on. They had to find money out of their own personal pockets because there were no sponsorships. Why? What sponsor is going to sponsor you if it's not on television and if it's not in front of a crowd in the very least? Uh -huh. So these guys lost a shit ton of money. But then also for the aspect of I was having to do ring announcing in front of nobody, just into a camera. Which yeah, that's tough. It, it fucked with my head because it, I could, there was no PA. It's like I a live talking, stream. Yeah. I was talking into a mic that I couldn't hear myself. And I need to hear myself bouncing around the ceilings to know where my voice is supposed to pitch. Just like anybody who sings, just like any musician has monitors that come back at them. So you can hear yourself in, or in an earpiece. You can hear, I couldn't hear anything. So I felt like the shows that I was doing were very substandard. Because I didn't have the benefits of reverb in the crowd or in the, in the arena. I didn't have the benefits of being able to hear myself. And then the weirdest shit was commentators. So Supersport, the guys are still commentating. The table Everybody was, can hear them. was still next to the ring. It was so silent that the boxers heard every single thing that the no. commentators were saying. It's the same problem no. that they had with the UFC Apex when, yeah. when they were doing shows during the pandemic. Um, you got Dustin Poirier going, listen to Bisping, stop kicking me in the nuts to Dan Hooker. Yeah. Um, so many uh, fighters have gone, oh, DC, Kevin Holland said, oh, DC, thanks for the advice. That really helped me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, another was, Kevin Holland when we was asking Khabib for advice. And then, oh, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, there was also that one match where the dude was like holding the guy against the fence right by the commentators mm. and he was like listening to them and he's like, what the fuck? Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. say that. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's just it's crazy. It is a complete different dynamic, but at the same time, no. or albeit financially prejudiced, because that's gonna fuck up your gate. It's gonna it's gonna fuck a lot of stuff up. Well, just consider the fighters though. So these guys, especially at the developmental level, they're not fighting for a lot of money. So say a guy gets a six round fight in South Africa and mm -hmm. he's come up and kind of guy. Yeah. He's not on a title level yet. He might be undefeated. He might have had a couple of fights in his career, like five or six fights. He's fighting for maybe a purse of, and it's disgusting for you to hear this and for everyone to hear this, 12 grand. Oh. Okay. Now, a lot of the time... Jeez, that's like three weeks worth of groceries. Yeah. Now, consider... Uh, a, a month. Well, or so, I don't know how many... Always groceries, yeah. yeah. Consider this... That the fighter who's fighting for a 12 grand purse has to pay 10 or 15% to his trainer. Yeah. Manager as well. Manager gets a 10 or 15% cut. So let's say that's 30 in the in the most. Then you've got to pay tax. Yeah. It's going to get walk away with like... Less than eight, half of that. Yeah. yeah Less like than half. Five, five, five and a half for about... That has to supply his family with food. And medical. Medical. His transport... His yeah. costs of his camp, 
His supplements, if he's lucky enough to afford them. Pretty much break even just but for But also a fight. these boxers only fighting three times a year. Exactly. So the show's dried up. The paychecks got cut. These guys were forced into situations where they're risking their lives for a lot less. And these are guys, and a lot of the time, fighters, people don't understand. Like, for somebody who's never watched boxing before or MMA before, you're like, are these are millionaires beating the shit out of each other. It's no, not. it's not. These guys came from the gutters. They came from nothing to get to where they are. And that's the beauty of boxing and the beauty of fighting is it allows anyone a chance in this world to become great at something. Yeah. It's not an educated aspect. You don't need to go to university to be a boxer. You just got to have grit and be able to take a shot and be able to never give up and be able to be committed enough to train and go to the gym and be in the zone all the time. So these guys are why they're so special to me because they're not like you and I. They're not like everybody else. They're not like a rugby player. They're not like a cricket player. These guys come from nothing. So when they have a chance to, when the light, when the sun was shining before COVID, they're earning much better paychecks. They're having a lot more fights to suddenly two years where sponsorships have dried up, Broadcasts yeah. dried up, all that kind of the stuff. The amount of stories up. of guys that I who were great went going into drugs, alcohol, armed robbery, cash and transit robbery. One of the guys got shot. Crazy. Robbing a uh, robbing a CRT van, shot by the cops. That's the desperation that that happened. That's insane. But now things are, have come back together. The networks are all responding. Thank you. We can have a little bit of a crowd. Why can't we have a full stadium? Yeah. I'll ask you with tears in my eyes. In America, we're watching boxing and MMA and UFC, and it's full stadiums. Yeah. No one's wearing a mask, yeah. and they're as vaccinated as we are. So we need to dump that shit immediately. 100%. Because it only helps the promoters be able to pay the fighters better and for the fighters to be able to get more action. This is how we do things around here. Oh, shit. I want to still concentrate on the whole fighter pay thing and how yeah. these fighters are literally on the bones of their asses getting three three fights a year. Um, I've got the KO cap on. Was ridiculed Boys. for my pronunciation earlier and, Insert and accused clip. for not yeah. doing my research. <laughs> um, thank you, Devin. It's great to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> the most but, disingenuous thank you for that. I'll take it. Yeah, thanks. But, thanks. Uh, yeah. So we got our KO caps on. So you you you're a huge advocate for the fact that these works need to be paid. Yeah. They need to be promoted correctly. Mm. I mean, if they're on ESPN Africa and all that kind of stuff. To be honest with you, the only South African boxing bo- boxer I know is Kevin Larina. Yeah. And how do we get to know these other guys well that's exactly what espn africa is now so you know what happened was before covid it was fox sports africa they had kicked off with a sort of a widespread show about throughout different parts of the country and then um they got bought by uh walt disney fox in america um fox entertainment not fox news Mm -hmm. so that rebranding when two massive corporates merge it takes years to rebrand everything properly. So Fox got rebranded as ESPN, mm-hmm. and now we're finally here where ESPN's ready to stand up in Africa on its own and be its own. Well, that's um, something to celebrate. Yeah. So um, ESPN Africa has got another 11 dates this year. We did one show last month already in January. So they're doing a show every month. No one else is doing a show every month. It's the first time I've that's ever amazing. heard of any promoter in this country doing a show every month. Bankroll by ESPN. Wow. They have 
um, reached out to all the fighters, especially the developmental grade guys, the guys who are on the cusp, not necessarily the Kevin Arenas of this world because they get paid in a different stratosphere to these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they've reached out and they've done deals and we are putting on fight cards every month, seven bouts in Joburg. So I fly to Joburg once a month, spend two days there. Is this in Joburg now? Yeah. So it's Damn, in, for man. now it's in Joburg. They want to move it around. We have to wait until COVID is completely a thing yeah. of the past so they can successfully move a show and not have to worry about whether we're going to have shutdowns, lockdowns, lack of crowd, blah, blah, blah. So we're using the EFC Performance Institute uh, yes, where EFC yes, is yes, doing their yeah, shows yeah. now. Great venue. Uh, the ESP, uh, the it's almost like guys. they built themselves a little apex. You they know? did. No, they did. So like I had a laugh because I uh, saw Kyra at the first yeah. show and he walked in. I said, oh, it's, it's Kyra and Graham. Graham's yeah. the other matchmaker, right? Kyra. I said to Kyra, so you're just here as a landlord now. He's like, yeah, I never thought about that. Like, I can actually sit and watch somebody else's fighting in That's my That's amazing, yeah. I was like, cool, put in air conditioning. Yeah, I think the, <laughs> the, last, the last fight... The last EFC fight that I watched was uh, Baggerton versus Michael. Uh, Luke Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got choked he got out in subbed seconds. quickly, eh? So we're doing these shows once a month. Um, ching, ching. Ching, ching. Thanks, okay, guys. For well, let's, let's, yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming. It's great. To, but let's keep that thought. We got this week's Beer of the Week. So basically what we do is every week we choose a uh, random beer off the shelf. Yeah. You know... We're in the world of craft beer. Everybody's got their own distillery. Everybody's got a uh, brewery. Excuse me. Oh, there's still as many breweries yeah. around. Those guys all got bankrupt during COVID as well. Uh, if you go to the boo shop yeah. up the road from my spot, it is riddled with craft beer. Just single. Um, so basically, we want to, especially the local guys, want to get get their names out there. And and bathtubs have all over the yeah. Western Cape. Comes a beer in your hand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And it's this, what I want it that way, isn't Is that a Backstreet Boy reference? I've never seen this before. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> check how bad my eyes are, even with my glasses. I'm using the zoom function on this phone. What? No, dude, <laughs> if you're doing that, I think you need a screen recorded and it needs to be involved in the show. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. <laughs> Remember the 90s when pants were baggy, hair was big, and people wore neon moon bags without shame? Okay, fashion was pretty dire, but the IPAs were phenomenal. Yeah, this... I don't know how they... They were clear, bitter, and packed with hops and all seemed to begin with the letter C. <laughs> I have no idea how they printed this so small, but it's Hamel and Arda... Hamel and Arda. Arda Valley Folk Ooh, and Good wow, Brewery that's Company. that's a beer coming from a that wine country. tiny, eh? yeah. Nices. And it's got here the magazine for beer lovers on tap, so that's got an award for this beer as well, which could when, just be made up, but yeah. who knows? When the ONTAP team joined forces with Fraser from Folk and Good for our first ever collab brew, we knew we wanted our IPA to be that way. Oh, so uh, crank up your favorite 90s tune. So it is, I want it from, from the, from the Backstreet's uh, Boys tune. And enjoy this limited edition West Coast IPA. It smells nice. Crystal clear and lovingly hopped with a lots of... With lots of cascade, we really want to use. Oh. No, read that in greens, probably. Water, malted barley, yeast, and a load of cascade hops added while dancing in formation, boy band style. <laughs> I love these guys. Absolutely All right. love them. All right, let's give it a taste. This is supposed to be what they call here India West Pale Coast Ale. IPA. So, India Pale Ale, West Coast style. It's got a lot of sweetness in it. Holy shit. It is. And it's it's quite a heavy 
robust taste, I'd say. Like it's not it, like I know it IPAs is, are a heavier kind of beer, right? Yeah, this it's is like this is quite heavy. very punchy, yeah. p- pungent. Like, yeah, it hits you straight. Remember, remember when I said to you last episode? Dude, um, yeah, where it hits you at the back of the tongue, just you know the little corners of your tongue at the yep. back there. I'm getting, I'm getting like vegetable. just before your weenus. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting like a like Explain. a. <laughs> isn't your weenus the back part of your that little dangly thing at the back of your throat? Yeah, it is. It's oh, called a weenus. Is that the weenus? That thing in between or your tonsils. Or is this the weenus? This is your weenus. Oh, there's a bingo wing. I don't son. know. Well, I have no idea. We'll we'll know. fact check that. <laughs> I'm not a gynecologist. I'm yeah. not supposed to fucking know. <laughs> Carry on with your uh with your uh It's it's a, a very hearty, heavy taste. Um there's some sweetness in there, but then like immediately there's like a lot of I can only only describe it like if you are having um uh Hawaiian pizza and then you have like broccoli right after that kind of that kind of taste experience that you have it doesn't taste like it but it's just like there's conflicting flavors that are, are it's just bouncing around I don't know what to make of it's it. very bitter it is bitter and it's uh it, it's not it personally look I'm not a, a huge beer drinker anymore and when I was I was always into the crisp, like Pilsner's, yes. Heineken's. Myself, myself. Black 100%. Label, I'll still take over just about any beer when the... Black Label, Summer really, Lake. Eh? Summer, it's, Summer. It's in our blood. And it's not to say that this beer is bad, but we've been raised on something else, son. Yeah, we've been um, raised on... Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Good that one. was a great rendition. You threw you straight back. Shout out, Moby. <laughs> <laughs> but I, look, I mean, I don't think it's a beer I can drink many of in, nah, in a row because I, I think it would fill me up. I think this is a streak. Yeah. For beers that you can only have one on. Yeah, this is definitely a one for. Oof, bro, it's rough. I mean, not, not rough. I said that the last episode as well. No, no, this, right. is, um, this is hard. But the marketing it's, manager it's just, just turned like, off the, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well. It's tasty, but this this is the heaviest IPA I think I've ever had. That's very one heavy. word to describe it is thick. Yes, yes. with two C's. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. It's like it's like concentrated. It's like you need to chuck some soda water in it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's not start shandying this shit. It's a beer. Like <laughs> hey, no, no, no. But it is it is thick. It's heavy. Don't it's don't dense. be dissing my beloved beer, Shandy. You know what goes well with this? Ice barn. Ooh, bang. That's the that's the that's the meal that you pair with this beer. Nice. Yeah, a good old fashioned fatty ice barn. Mm. Nice. Okay, so Devin. Yeah. Um, so what we have is we have the Mike Cubic Scale. It's a friend of ours. Of course, that's my dogs. It's a friend of ours who's a beer fanatic. He's a connoisseur and a brewer as well. Um, and we've created the Mike Cubic Scale. So yeah. we want to ask you out of ten, taking packaging, taste carbonation all the best features of the beer yeah and give it a, a, a rating out of 10 okay. we rate it out of five because obviously we split our our yeah as a combined there are aspects to this so let's go with graphic design first yes all right it really makes me think i'm watching friends so hey they got 90s going on 100%. and a little bit of will smith in uh what was that um, fresh prince fresh prince i'm seeing a lot of fresh prince in this so they nailed the 90s so i'm going to give them a 10 for graphic mm-hmm. we know we're drinking something from the 90s yeah copy the shit that they wrote on the side of this turn 
pretty good. Yeah. No, like it doesn't set the world alive. They've employed a great copywriter. Yeah. I think they got inspiration from vitamin water. Yeah. (laughs) With those blurbs they used to make. I'm sure, like, folk and good had a sister who studied at Vega, and this was her thing in the holidays. Oh my God! The uh, disrespect. (laughs) And she she wrote up a brilliant copy. She did. So I'm going to give an eight for the copy. I love that. Okay. That was so good. Then we get into the minutiae of how the the gold actually tastes. Uh, like it's a I beautiful said, color. Full disclosure, I'm a wine drinker, so I'm yes. not a beer drinker. Okay. I've been out of beer for a while. This is, well, the second beer I've drunk in a very long time. Yay! Yay. Uh, Sports. <laughs> and you know what? I could only have one of it, but that's not because it's out of choice that I only want to. I think physically I can only handle one. Yeah. But correct. if it's with an ice barn, I think it goes down well for an IPA. I it does like everything it says on the tin. Yeah, it's... It, what is the percentage in this? Yeah, I know. It's wild. I can't tell that. I think you need to knock a few points off for the graphic no, design because can. I can't see shit. Hey, guys, it's six. We were drinking Castle Light, which is? Four and a half. Yeah, so it's a little bit punchier. Ooh, um, beautiful. But yeah, I think paired with an ice bun, I think it's a good beer. So I'm going to give it about a seven on ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I think g- it, it does what it says on the turn. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you. I love the color. Um, although I can only have one of them. It's a very rememberable beer. If you this know, is ice cold, you're enjoying it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was ice cold yeah. pretty much, just until we poured it in the fucking glass. <laughs> um, geez, it's the second slot Devin's had on the show. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but beautiful color. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but I can only have one of them. Yeah. But that's not going to uh, influence my decision. I'm going to give it a, a solid three and a half out of five. Um, I'm giving it a two and a half out of five. You don't like it that much. It's way too heavy. It's the same as the last one. It's like if they dial it back a bit, if they made it a bit more, just a little bit more crisper, then it would be like, you know, I would have two. But if I, I can only have one. And if there was this beer and another beer, I'd pick the other beer. Okay, so six out Regardless of ten. Regardless of the, the graphic design, which I give a four out of ten, by the way. Whoa, jeez. Because the, coming from a Because the, the emblem of saying who the brewery is is printed so small that you can't read it unless you have 30-20 vision. Hey, well, listen, it's I not do their have fault. 30-20 vision. I can see that pretty easily. No, I don't that, wear glasses. That's what I'm saying. I, this is your problem. Yeah, no, it's not their fault you're blind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you got to take into account a lot of people, not just Devin. <laughs> well, I'm just gifted, I guess. That I'm yeah, well, I mean, my, I my vision's pretty, pretty so sound gifted. as well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, two and a half out of ten. So that brings okay. our score to six. Six out six. of ten. So six and seven. That's a good compromise. I think that's I think that's fair. That, yeah. I, that, that's exactly where I would put it. But know? I recommend everybody checking it out and yeah. giving themselves uh, their own It is local, so give them, you know. Also, I, I think another thing is everybody... When, if you're listening to the show and, you, and you're enjoying it and you right. enjoy the beers, go get the beers. Hit us in the comments of what your rating is. Um, Where did you find this beer? Just so people know we can go and get uh, it. I don't know. Him. I got it from uh, Liquor City. Upstairs Where? there? Yeah. Okay. Upstairs right. like in the Claremont area? Yeah. All right. pa- Palmyra Road uh, right. uh, uh, attached to okay. the... Okay. The other, the other thing that I want to say is that I think this beer for me is impossible to down. No, geez, no, 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 no. Your stomach will explode. It'll, it'll feel like um, warm syrup. Yeah. yeah, this is impossible like to doubt. Really heavy on But I'm going to try to do this one. Just to, okay, no, the burp counter starts now. Um, <laughs> this dude burped 
27 times he kept a burp counter and no, it was and, 21 and, it was 20. yeah. <laughs> and and i said to him i said last episode so we're probably going to take it easy on the burp. <laughs> the problem the problem is these people listening you know no but he's not getting the full context we had a hot chip challenge and then when i started you were eating, burping way had, before I the hot chip 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 i would like hiccup and then burp immediately so oh, it went terrible. so it went from for an hour and a half like five burps so Rough. like five minutes later was like on 15. It was just like, you know, that's why I put it in. <laughs> this is how we do things around here. Oh, shit. So we've got the broadcast side. We've got the announcing side. Yeah. You've got the whole amalgamation as to where we are now. Where did KO come from? I know you, you it was 2020 born. Yeah, so 2020, look, I... I can't say it was born out of uh, any kind of desperation. It wasn't born out of boredom. It was something that I was always going to do. So K-O, K-A-Y-O, as it's spelled, the word K-O, shameless punt. Um, when I was reading an article about a, a fight back in like 2006, it was an American written article. Instead of writing K.O. as a knockout, mm. the acronym, mm. they spelt it out going K-A-Y-O. So he got the great K-O. I was like, that's a cool way of saying it. It is not K dot O dot. It's it's got it's a word. K-O, yeah. It had a K-O. feel, it had a meaning, it had a presence. And um, when I was at that Harrington Street boxing gym, we had a professional boxer there, a guy by the name of Frank Matero, who sadly has died since then. And um, he didn't have trunks for a fight. And at the time, I had access to a factory that I could manufacture trunks for him. And we made these beautiful silk trunks for him. And then um, my mother said to me, there's no branding on it. You know, all the American fights that you see. This beer is really burping me up. Dude, it is nuts. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not struggling I'm trying, at all. I'm trying my best this to keep it IPA, together. Like, it is, that was God. a heavy ass beer, dude. Make me explain a concept straight <laughs> off to one of those. You're never That's the whole get point. It. It's like hot ones, but beer version. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I saw, I remember that word and I thought, okay, well, let's stitch KO onto it. So I actually came up with that whole concept back in 2007. That was the last time I saw it. I shelved it ever since then. 2020 comes around, you know, I'm like, what do I want to do out of this boxing thing? I wanted to improve lives of fighters. I wanted to put on my own shows. I wanted to, to develop my own line of fighters. I wanted to give guys in the community. I wanted to find township heroes. I wanted to expose like Kyle to the world because there's some great fighters in Kyle that get completely overlooked by promoters who sadly want to sell white tickets to white people yeah but they get overlooked and i was tired of seeing this in the promotional side in south africa especially it was it was it's very damaging and it's sad to see and i thought to myself you know what i want to do i want to start up my own company and i want to go straight to kalich i want to go straight to gugulet i want to go straight to mitchell's plan and find these community heroes as a means to not just uplift the community by having a hero to support but finding a star who's good enough to go to the rest of the world and take it to Mexico, take it to America, take it to the UK. And I have a lot of contacts in that context that I could develop a fighter and successfully get him overseas. Yeah. But then, you know, the, the pitfalls of COVID, you know, at the time, mm. none of us really knew the extent of the shit we were going to be in for two straight years where you couldn't do a show. 
We couldn't have a crowd. We couldn't sell a ticket. We sponsors wouldn't jump on board. Yeah, because initially was was supposed to be four weeks and then see what happens. We didn't know what was going on at the time, but we all had dreams that this was going to be over quickly, and it wasn't. It fucked us all. It yeah. fucked the music industry up. Yeah. It, the entertainment industry, sports industry is devastated. Yeah. Boxing was absolutely well, live sports, yeah. um, especially. Yeah. It was smashed, so no one could do shows. So. You know, I still had this brand. It was called KO Promotions. It's it's listed as KO Promotions PTY Limited. So I just thought to myself, you know what? I, I want to keep it alive. I want to keep it in me. I can do this, but I need the market to st stabilize first. Mm. And I'm mm. still waiting mm. for the market to stabilize. Yeah. Now, the sad thing is, well, not the sad thing for me. I just don't feel the time is right because I've gotten this ESPN thing and I've, I'm a very big believer in... But you got ESPN as an announcer, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a completely separate My problem situation. is now finding the time to be able to do this because I do ESPN. I am ring announcer and commentator for a Muay Thai uh, organization. Okay, called, so you do commentate. Yeah, I That's do commentating as well, yeah. Are you play-by-play or yeah, color? Yeah, play-by-play. Okay. No, color. No, no, I do color for Muay Thai. I'm lead on Thai Holics Fight Promotions. We're doing shows at Grand West. Uh, we got a, a fourth, sh a third show uh, on the 12th of March at Grand West. So it's a big, it's a big production. Tireholics Fight Promotions, uh, 12th of March, Grand West. We are selling tickets. We got 300 tickets to sell, so people can come. It's available on Quicket. Just look up Tireholics Fight Promotions TFP3. It's called the Continental Collision. So we're flying out a team from Germany Shit. to fight a team from Africa. Wow. In pro Muay Thai. No helmets, no shin pads, no elbow guards. It's pro rules Muay Thai. They fight for money. They fight for purses. They fight for glory. It's five rounds of absolute fucking mayhem. And it's going to be brilliant. We've got it's, it's <laughs> nine or ten fights on the card. Wow. I'm sure I can hook you guys up to come backstage and bring your cameras and, and talk to these guys. I'm sure they'd love it. So we'll work on that. But... Back to what I was explaining in terms of the timeline for KO promotions. I, now I, I'm a big believer that the universe takes you where you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. Don't fight it, just roll yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. So just rolling with it, it's taken me away from being able to do a promotional aspect myself. Mm -hmm. So now I've got this brand, what am I going to do with it? So I started doing merch. I've got a line of boxing gloves that I had made uh, for me to my specification because I've been in boxing for so long. I know what the kind of gloves that I want. I've started selling those. So those are called KO Mexican Style. Available on takealot.com. One three nine nine, including free delivery to your door. I've seen um, them. So boxing gloves, Let's they've purchased a few. They're, they're rad, dude. Yeah, Let's you guys can yeah. do some bum fights right here. <laughs> between the two bum fights. Can you see our little uh, squared circle? Yeah, exactly. Back it up, back it up, <laughs> bum fights. So um, I'm selling gloves. I'm selling merch. I've just bought a line of gym shirts that I'm, These caps are I'm playing with at the moment. Yeah, so it's it's a cool brand. I love the look. I mean, it's my baby, obviously. Yeah, of course. Everyone thinks their child is the most beautiful child in the room. Yeah, yeah. This is my child. It's yes. the most beautiful yes. child to me. Yes. So that's how I'm, I'm, I'm holding it in terms of that aspect. But so I'm doing all these events. I don't have the time to do promotions right now. It will happen. Yeah. Not at right least, now. At least you're keeping the brand alive yeah. by doing this. And it's giving me an outlet. You know, I still love it. I'm in love with everything about fighting. I've always wanted to bring something to it that is more than just my voice. Now I've got this little thing on copy. It's on a cap. It's on a shirt. It's awesome, on boxing dude. gloves. And uh, I'm, I'm not even thinking. I don't even think that I want it to be anything like Nike. I don't want it to be anything like Under Armour. I just want to do it in my own personal time and have fun with it. And that's all I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, well, Nike have 
Everyone. No, exactly. And uh, Under Armour has The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But and, uh, yeah, do you know what the, the craziest thing was? Last weekend, they introduced the official footwear of the UFC, which is Project Rock. No yeah? worries. Serious. Serious. So, so, and the you know what? In the, whole, in the whole thing, I swear, dude. Have you not seen that? So, I mean, no, but I thought UFC was uh, their, clo- their apparel sponsors, Venom, Venom right? Yeah. Yes. They don't do Reebok, Reebok was still the... Sp- the shoe guys until this whole last uh the last pay-per-view with davison figueredo and yeah. brandon moreno all of a sudden everybody's wearing project rock shoes no and, way and they he did the whole spiel the the hard sell or the the, the trailer for it they didn't even show the shoe oh jeez. <laughs> and uh Luke Thomas, one of the big journalists in, in, in America, he was like, oh, they didn't even show the fucking shoe. Great. And then Rock comes back, oh, uh, I wanted to make it about the fighters. You know, he, the I, I, I sometimes hate how diplomatic he is. Yeah, because well, he's yeah. trying Dipl- to keep his, he's trying to save face. Diplomacy for me is the, is the exact same as the phrase, now don't get me wrong. That's dip- that's diplomacy in a sentence. You look super Italian when you say, "Don't now, don't get me wrong." Okay, okay, let me do the. <laughs> De Niro, De Niro, you, 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 you good Jew, you. You say that word. You say that word one more, t- one more time. Okay, anyway, the, the, honestly, wow, wow. my <laughs> the term now. Don't get me wrong. Is diplomacy to me? It's now, like sitting on the fence. Fucking hate it. That's what, that's what it sounds like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, dude. It's a pet peeve. I don't know where it came from. Well, look at it, look at it from this aspect. <laughs> How yes. many franchises a guy's name is attached to and with the culture that we live in right now, you fuck up once, even though you'd never intended to, even though you're not that kind of person, the perception is what's going to drive you into the ground by the people who just want to tar you and feather you in public and be the one who brought you down. And there's this rabid culture where obviously these guys have got to be diplomatic. We're in the world of cancel culture, they've my got brother. To, they've got to walk on eggshells. Yeah. I mean, they can't be seen to be um, saying what they said 10 years ago in jest or in joking because there's no more hyperbole. Why do you think I constantly say I'm joking? Yeah. You mustn't say you're joking. I'm, I'm not going to anymore, but uh, it's the same it's the same concept. It's like you, you feel like you're offending anybody with whatever you say. The Rock is a brand and he's probably going to be the president yeah. of the United States in the next 10 years. Whoa. Hey. That's crazy. Yeah, but hey, if, uh, if Arne was the fucking what money the California, on these? Yeah. yeah. A guy who couldn't speak English, yeah. who just lifted weights and did steroids, the governor, became the bro. governor of California. Fuck yeah. Couldn't speak a word of English when he got to America. Yeah. Tell me The Rock can't yeah. be the president. Please. Bill, Bill Burr's got the best bits about... Yeah. Precisely, dude. Yeah. But I mean that's that's where it is. This is how we do things around here. Oh shit. Alright, well Dev dude, it's Devin. Thank Dev, you. Dev, 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 no, Devin. you can call me Dev, dude. Okay, Please, Dev. Devin. My mother calls me Devin because I've done something fucking wrong. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when someone goes like, Mr. Pereira is like, shit, it's my daddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's normally how SARS addresses you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mr. Cairo, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> No, but dude, can you actually imagine The Rock being president? Yes. Can you imagine his no, speeches? If you can imagine the Trump being I the can. president, you can imagine The Rock being the no, president. But can you? I, I would love to hear would, The Rock. I can speeches. imagine when he ends his like inaugural speech, he goes, yeah. "Can you smell it?" Yeah. <laughs> and then raises the eyebrow. Yeah. yeah. And then he yeah. has like don't a, fuck with America. Yeah. He has a meeting with like uh, just before he nukes Beijing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, he has like it's a meeting crazy, with other man. diplomats. He's like, yes, like, nobody cares what you think. <laughs> <laughs> know your role. Yeah, Shut your mouth. Exactly. Because <laughs> the rock says so. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be like, "This is my my secretary," and she's like. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right, we're all nineties attitude here, kids. <laughs> I, I, I stopped. I pretty much stopped watching wrestling after Stone Cold pretty much left. Yeah, I, that's that was like my last. Listen, I'll tell you one of the best things you can follow on Instagram is Attitude Era Pop. It's also on YouTube. They basically broke down every single like uh, WWE. Triple H, The Rock, um, like Shawn Michaels, all of them in yeah. the ring doing their, just doing voice, just talking to the crowd. And then obviously the ensuing fight that happens because yeah, yeah. they broke it down into 10 minute segments. But while I'm eating breakfast every day, I'm watching a 10 minute video of Stone Cold fucking talking shit to the crowd and then beating the crap out of somebody who walks yeah. down. Yeah. It's brilliant, man. Dude, I'm, I'm still I, a kid. I, I enjoy it. I, I mean, I went to uh, both... I think there were two when they yeah, came there down. Yeah, there were two. I worked both. I, I worked saw the Yokozuna. I saw The Undertaker. Yep. I saw Stone Cold. Yep. I saw all them peeps. Oh, well, and Stone I got Cold all the merch as well. Stone Cold wasn't here. One of the highlights yeah, of my... No, me maybe not. One of the highlights of my announcing career I've ever, ever had. Rob Van Dam. Oh, RVD! Came <laughs> down in 2018 to do a show called Slam Force Africa. Oh, wow. It was a one-off show that they wow. did in Pretoria and COVID killed it. Ah, shit. It was brilliant. It was a guy called PJ Black who was a South African wrestler who won the WWE tag team back in the day. I mean, he's still like a, he still wrestles in uh, Ring of Honor uh, and uh, in Mexico as well. And they brought, it was basically him as a South African draw card. They brought Rob Van Dam Dude, to South Africa. Awesome. The guy was almost 50. I'd firstly, Rob Van Dam, okay? You know how big he was? I know, he was RBD a small wrestler. Did. The dude stood next to me and he was taller than me. I was Ooh. shocked beyond what was belief. This, what was his signature move again? Uh, when you do the flying frog splash yes, off the top that's rope. It, man. Yeah, <laughs> off, the, off the top rope. So here's the thing he comes down, like the first, like I was, I, Rob Van Dam was a hero of mine. When I was a kid in school, I was like, fucking announcing rvd on sunday <laughs> what awesome. the fuck so we were all staying in the same hotel and as i was like waiting in the lobby to get my room when i just arrived from the airport he comes walking through with pj black and i was like gonna stand up and shake his hand and as i stood up and i put my hand out he walked past me he didn't even notice me he goes anybody seen my vape and he was because he just smokes weed 24 7 that's always <laughs> been that's why he got kicked out of wwe that was For real yeah that's why he got he lost the wwe title because he got busted with Sabu in a car and they had like a pound of marijuana and they had a whole the, bunch of must have been hot boxing. No, they were hot boxes. They were fucking barbecued completely. Yeah, but, but that, how long ago was that? It was years. When he yeah. was the WWE champion, he had the- Weed was still legal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had the WCW belt and the WWE belt at the same time. But anyway, he, we did the show at the Tux University in Pretoria uh, in their hall, unfortunately, ticket sales were affected by the fact that they did it on the same day that South Africa played in the World Cup semi-finals in, in 2019. So, like, only f 40 or 50 people pitched up. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone was, it's Pretoria, everyone was sitting at home watching yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. Springboks play, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Also, wrestling's not that huge yet. Wrestling's huge in Pretoria, but rugby is bigger. Okay. Rugby is bigger everywhere. Wrestling yeah. is actually pretty big in Port Elizabeth, I believe, as well. You, you, they fill out these little community halls. It's crazy, yeah. So... PJ Black goes and tries to do a finishing move on Rob Van Dam. It was a basic PJ Black going to the top rope. 
Rob Van Dam standing in the middle of the ring and PJ doing a body press onto him. Problem was, the ring was built by people who didn't know what wrestling was. Oh, shit. So, did it collapse? Oh, shit. Rob Van Dam got body pressed straight through the ring. Oh, shit. Like the ring actually broke and he went through. You couldn't see him. Oh, he was my word. down like the ring caved in and he was in the bottom. Not scripted. No, 100% <laughs> not scripted. So the promoter of the show obviously shat himself because he paid like 50,000 US dollars to bring one of the biggest stars in America to South Africa going, I just broke this fucking guy's neck. Yeah. Because of yeah, 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 my yeah. negligence. I'm fucked. So <laughs> he was sitting in, yeah, he was sitting in the gorilla position shitting himself because <laughs> he was it. like, oh my God, this guy's actually dead. I think I might've killed one of America's greatest exports in wrestling. So PJ goes for the cover because they obviously told the ref in the earpiece, mm. right, end it now. Yeah, <laughs> we want yeah, to yeah, like, yeah, assess this sure, guy. Sure. You might need an ambulance. So PJ goes for a cover and the ref goes one, two, and Rob kicks out. Oh, like oh, his no. leg kicked out from I'm underneath not going the out ring. This way. And everybody was like, holy shit, what is going on? And Rob didn't want to end it. That's just the guy that he was. Yeah. Yeah. He was fucked. Yeah. I spoke to him after the event and I said, like, you just got put through a ring in South Africa in Pretoria. What did that feel like? Oh, it's like the fourth time that's happened. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Fourth time. He goes, oh, no, dude, I can't even feel my arm when I wake yeah, up yeah. in the morning. He's had all kinds of... But that's of, dedication to the cause. That's nuts, dude. It's nuts. And he's still, the next morning, he was up, he went to breakfast, then he went on a game drive, and that's the last I saw of him. But it was, it was absolute magic seeing that. It's, it's a performer... Go, saying the show must go on. Yeah, it's entertainment. That's, that's what it that's was. Exactly, it is. Like, yeah, yeah, hell or high water. I'm giving 100%. these forty people who paid to be here to see me what they paid for. And, and I'm, I'm going them. out on my shield. Yeah, it's 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 the same concept as playing a show to real five fighting people. in the sense that or Dave Grohl breaking his leg and still playing One, the rest of it. That's up. that's a really great analogy because he broke his leg. Yeah. He went away, got a cast up, finished the show. Yeah. People have paid to come see me. If it's 40 people or 40,000 people, I'm still going to perform. That's the great, that's the thing that I've always learned about being, I mean, because I only started playing again music at 28 with Atlantic South. Got a whole bunch of dudes on Gumtree, uh, uh, started playing live. And then it's like, wow, that's, that's amazing. But the show must go on yeah. no matter what. And, uh, dude, it's, it's, but you got to respect those dudes for doing that. He might have broken his back or neck or shoulder. He or, was so stoned before that even started. I don't <laughs> think he didn't help. feel anything. No, dude, the, the guy smokes a lot of weed. Is it? Eh? Yeah, but I mean, like, that was also like, you know, I got to hang with him afterwards and there was just joints going around and just speaking about his career and his life. And I was like, what was it like working opposite Triple H at WrestleMania, dude? You're a main event. And like, you get to sit RPG. with this guy and talk to him about all the shit that you saw when you were in school. Oh. It's one of the, it like, I will die with that memory. And, I, and this is a thing that ring announcing this crazy journey has taken me into places that I didn't expect to ever go to. Oh. If I was sitting in high school back in time in 20, 2001, 2000, 1999, and you told me one day you're going to go and announce Rob Van Dam in, in Tux University in Pretoria, I'd be Amazing. like, fuck off. Yeah. So cool. And then suddenly it happened. So, like, this world takes you on strange journeys. It can take you anywhere. And that's why I'm a big believer. Just let life pan out as it must. Don't fight it. Flow with it. For sure. For sure. Quick quick fire. Yes. Favorite announcer. 
Michael Buffer, easy. Okay. You know Bruce? I know Bruce. It's time! Bruce, like a, the best analogy, Bruce is a shot of Jack Daniels. Michael Buffer is a fine glass of Cabernet. Yeah, but he, Bruce Buffer is actually a, a, a shot of Punch's Chance. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Bruce Buffer. And shout out Bruce. Yeah, shout out Cameo. <laughs> I'd love to get a Cameo uh, appearance by Bruce Buffer. Introducing Papa G's. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, yeah um, okay, so that's your favorite announcer. Yeah. Um, favorite boxer right now? Right now? Uh, right now, Canelo. Canelo Alvarez. Best right. in the world. Does, sure. does things that nobody else does. Triple G3 now, eh? There's been talk, announced. But I don't think it's going to happen. It's just been announced today. Uh, no, I haven't seen it no? announced. I, okay. see, I see a lot of fan posts about it. Oh, right. I, I haven't uh, seen it through an official kind of... Pretty sure video. I thought I, I saw it. They're talking about it. Okay. So Eddie Hearn is offering him a two-fight deal to fight Dmitry Bivol first in May, who's a Russian light heavyweight champion, okay. and then fight Triple G at the end of the year, September. Um, but there's a long way between now and then. I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Uh, favorite heavyweight boxer? Of all time or right now? All time. All time, Muhammad Ali. Right now? <sighs> right now. Uh, Alexander Usyk. Uh, the Javante Davis uh, division with uh, Ryan Garcia. Lightweights, yeah. Yeah, who, who's, your, who's your guy? Who's the number one? Yeah. Tank. Tank Davis. Tank Davis. Okay. Fucks them all up. Yeah. Yeah. Short, stocky. Got that brutal uppercut. He's too strong. He's Be too big a puncher. Great footwork. And also he's Team way money. more experienced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If he can stay out of jail, he fucks them all up. For sure. Yeah. If yeah. Stay I mean, out and of if jail. he stops beating his chicks, <laughs> well, to be honest with you. That's the thing. Hit and runs, jails. Yeah. My uh, God. That guy is ridiculous. He plays, he, he lives too close to the line for my liking, but as a boxer, uh, he fucks them all up. Ryan Garcia, what does his future look like? Provided he can stay out of rehab, which was... Uh, they, Ryan Garcia not, at rehab? Well, he went to, he had a, a mental issue, apparently, uh, a mental breakdown. He had to go to some kind of a center to help him find himself again, yeah. which I think is just very sort of smart wording for the guy, a bit of a drug problem. So usually it is. Okay. But, you know, we live in this day and age where we've got to say, okay, fine, no, it's his mental health. Okay, whatever. Okay. Charlo Brothers. That. Charlo Brothers, what are you asking me about then? Uh, which one? Jamal or... Uh Jamil. Oh, I don't like either of them. I'll take Jamal. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mickey Garcia. He made his comeback like a... a, a Mikey Garcia. Yeah, Mikey. 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 Mikey sorry. <laughs> Mikey Garcia. You're stuck between Mickey Ward and Mikey Garcia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going... Let's go. If Mikey yeah. Garcia was doing great until he lost to an absolute unknown Spaniard, so unknown that I can't even remember his name. It was at the end of last year. He took a fight that was supposed to be a tune-up. He ended up losing. I think that's him. I don't think he's in the sport anymore. And I think his head is out of it. I think he's just trying to catch checks. Okay. Errol Spence, Terence Crawford. Crawford. Okay. Uh, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. Fury. Fuck okay. him up. Yeah. Dillian White, which is coming up. Fury. So here's the thing. Styles make fights. Yeah. I like Dillian White to have a lot. I think Dillian White's got a better chance of beating fury than joshua has by far but i still don't think he beats fury but i think he makes it a far more entertaining fight because his style is he's a smaller guy he's going to hit the body of fury he's going to be more in fury's face i think that uh joshua is a bit bummed to be honest 
yeah. don't think he likes taking it. I don't think he likes. He but also, you got risks. you look. You got to look at the last two fights against Deontay Wilder as well, in the sense that he, he took it to him. Fury's not bang. He yeah. will walk you down. He, and he'll he's not going to destroy play the defensive you. boxing yeah. all the time. He's going to be on the. On, he's going to walk you down. Yeah. Um, so I, I like I like uh, Fury. Basically, Fury beats everybody right now. If you're looking at heavyweights, except for Usyk, I think Usyk can beat Fury. Usyk's good, dude. And he's entertaining on social media. He's as brilliant. Well. Yeah, it's great. I'm come for you. <laughs> I love that. Okay, last one. Yes, not last one. We, okay. We're gonna keep this Fire going for away. a while. Okay. Apollo Creed or Rocky Balboa? Ooh. Yeah, I didn't know you were gonna go that deep, bro. Uh, I'm gonna go Apollo just based on stylistically footwork, uh, faster punch. I would say the same yeah. thing. I think Rocky uh, Rocky is a bit too. He's a come forward guy, but he's open to the counters. He's tough as nails, but he gets easily outpointed. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the thing about Rocky. It's like yeah. the only way Rocky would have won is if he would knock the guy out. Because yeah. if it came to points, yeah. he would lose. Because yeah, he's he always like this, up. He was always getting pissed up. No, you look at Apollo. That, do, that doesn't make for a good movie line no, if you no, don't no. get pissed up. No, but like I mean, if if it was if it was a case of points, I'm with Apollo Creed. Yeah, but if it was yeah. knockout, I'm like Balboa. Yeah, the whole for sure. Way. Yeah. But it'll be points, Apollo Creed. Yeah. Did yeah. you also go through that whole thing? Like, who was Rocky Balboa based off, et cetera, et cetera? He was based off two fighters. The uh, one the more. Ba- the guy called the Bayon Bleeder. Yes. Charlie Weppner. And there was another guy who was um, actually went by the name of Rocky. Yeah, yes, but yes. Weppner, Weppner was the guy who tried to sue him. Yeah. Because he believed that he earned rights off the film because it was loosely based on his story. Yeah. And it was based on a weapon's fight with Muhammad Ali, where Muhammad Ali beat the absolute tar out of him. Yeah. Blood busted him up, bloodied him, but he kept coming forward. I think he survived the fight. I think he, I think he went the whole way. He might've got knocked out. And I can't remember, but yeah. that's where apparently the inspiration for Rocky came from. Whether or not, who knows, Rocky didn't pay him a fucking dime. Still owns the franchise. Yeah, but from what oh, I no. heard, well, from what I heard, that Rocky story was pulled from so many sources that it could never be from someone. It's mo- there's been an ESPN yeah, documentary what was that guy's on name? it. Rocky Marciano. That's Rocky well, Marciano. Well, the name yeah. from Marciano. Yeah, but the name came from Rocky yeah. Marciano. Yeah, the story yeah. itself is uh, yeah, yeah. Tra- is uh, Chuck Weppner, not Charlie yeah, okay. Weppner. Chuck Weppner. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, follow up question: What is your actual favorite boxing movie? And not actually no, I'll take that back. Not boxing, like physical contact. So, physical. Okay, I'm gonna go look. There's two boxing movies that I rate above all, and it's not Rocky. It's not the Rocky new Rocky franchises or offshoot. None of that. It's uh, a movie that starred um, Christian Bale and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yes, the story of Mickey Ward. Yes. Uh, is, what the fuck is the name of that film? It wasn't The Warrior. It no, was something it else. Wasn't the, the was it The Fighter? Was it, it was The, the fighter? fighter. The yeah, Fighter, the that's fighter. it. Yeah. That is a brilliant film just because Christian... Haven't seen it, eh? Christian, Haven't seen Southpaw. Oh, Southpaw was the second one that I was going to say. So Southpaw South with Jake Gyllenhaal Dude, was Jake, brilliant. Jake Gyllenhaal. Great story. And wow. you know, Jake Gyllenhaal actually six months spent in Freddie Roach's gym with Manny Pacquiao, sparring guys, learning how to fight... He got the shit beat out of him in camps with these pro fighters to learn how to be a fighter in this movie, which instantly took that movie from here to here. And but you know it was the, a great storyline as well. And you know, the movie that he came from before doing that was a movie called Nightcrawler. And if you watch that, he was like skin and bones. Uh, yeah, so you had to so go went physical alteration. Bone. Yeah, he went from skin and bones to like pretty fucking ripped and jacked Nuts. buff for Nuts. the Southpaw movie. Dude, dude. 
Awesome. But the fight is the one for me because of also the Bostonite accents, how they talk. Oh, I, Boston. I also Get the fuck out of here. And the city, the, the chicks in that show were just fucking hilarious. They were so watch, dirty. Did you ever watch Raging Bull with Robert De Niro? Yeah, oh, that was about, school, that was about, um, Raging Bull was about uh, Roberto Duran. That's correct. And it was Robert De Niro yeah, who played that's it. it. Yeah. What did you think of that? I mean, obviously it's kind of old now. It's it was a so like I watched it maybe ten years ago and it was on uh, it was on. Dude, Raging it? Bull's greatest of all time. Kind it is of a movies, it yeah. is a fantastic movie, but like I mean, from a boxing like Dude, fanatic point yeah. of view, is what I didn't he win an Oscar for that as well? I think so. I, he was nominated at least. The Oscar thing. Well, I watched it ten years ago and it was already on TNT, so that's how old yeah, old. Yeah, 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 yeah. TNT. Listen, I'm seeing movies <laughs> like Snatches on yeah, TNT yeah, yeah. now, so that's how old I am. Because no, the only reason why I asked him about that and, and discarding the fucking awards thing is like that Whiplash movie about the drummer. Yeah, yeah rushing. It's like, I'm like, people go, oh, that's What's a great movie. It's like, yeah, but Whiplash, drumming is yeah. not like that. That movie, actually, yeah. I'm not a fan of that movie. You're dragging, like, you're rushing. Dragging, that's rushing. why I wanted to check because like with everyone goes like, oh, Raging Bull's the best movie. It's a great movie. It's but a great movie. From an actual boxing yeah. perspective. Yeah. Uh, Look from it's an actual box. They they position in life more yeah. than the actual boxing. I think the story that combined everything with believable fight scenes, great storyline, has to be uh, probably Southpaw. Yeah, the movie that made everything whole because of the comedy and the humor behind everything is the fighter. If you haven't yeah. watched the fighter, uh, I good. haven't. I it's haven't watched either. It's fucking so. hilarious. Please do yourself Dude, a favor. Maybe we should do some homework, dude. The fighter. I've we should it. do some homework, and then we should make it a new segment. We're watching this movie, and we're gonna. You must also check, do that. You must check the warrior with. Uh, uh, um, what's that's it? the MMA. Oh, that's film. with Tom Hardy. No, I like that. No, no, I, I love that. I well. like that film. No, it's, it's not when the Tom Hardy's brother. Yes. Yeah. No, there's, then there's another name. It's with, that's a series with Bisping in it. No, no, no. It's a movie, but it, it's about wrestling, and it's and it's um, fuck that guy's name now. Kyle uh, Sanderson. No, 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 no. Are you talking about Randy the Ram? No, uh, no, no. You're not talking what, about wrestling. That it's a wrestling. Have movie. you seen that? Um, I love how the glasses uh, come on the, and the, the phone comes out. Yeah, no, it's the hilarious. I this love IPA has wiped me clean, yeah. so I can't remember <laughs> shit. Right but now. Um, uh. the movie with the Rock, where he covers uh, what's in Page. It's called The Wrestler. The Wrestler. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's with Mickey Rock. With Mickey Rock. Randy yes. the Ram. Yeah, yes. Randy Ram. That's it. Yeah. That's a brilliant film. That won an Oscar, didn't it? I watched that. And I loved it. I loved it. I that's loved my favorite wrestling film. Great, yeah. great um, shit. That's it. But that was nominated, dude. Yes, yeah. it was. Um, but also, I think it another one well. was something was about nominated. fighting in the family, I think it's called. I saw that. Dude, you need to watch it. It's great. It's, it's right. about Paige. Yeah. You know Paige? Yeah. It's about how her family in England, in like rough England, managed to get to NXT yeah. with her and her brother. Yeah, yeah. But then, sh check, I'm getting goosebumps for telling the fucking story. Um, <laughs> Someone likes Paige. No, not really. She's married to, what the, what's that guy's name? Fuck um, knows. No, she's, Paige is married to some dude. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, how they in, encountered him and he played the role. He produced the movie, but... It was such an amazing story how they came from that. Yeah. Did the local scene, put their bodies on the line, and then all of a sudden they got chosen for NXT. NXT is the entrance yeah, program exactly, to yeah. the WWE. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now she became the WWE yeah. champion. I it's really cool love ducky. those 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 stories because you know what at the end of the day, it's such 
a huge form of entertainment in the world is is, is wrestling, pro wrestling. Don't like, know where life is going to. And take you know what you. the craziest thing is? They call pro wrestling what we see it today, and they call amateur wrestling the Olympic. Yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's crazy. Okay, to close this this whole question and answer thing off, who will play you in a documentary or movie about you? Ben Affleck, if he's still around. Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> It's only because I got That's four too easy. Or what about a young Joey Triviani? <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen to this shit, right? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Those ben are Affleck. the only two actor comparisons I've ever gotten in my life. Hey. My mother called me Ben Affleck and some other friends of mine called me Joey Tribbiani back in the day. Hey, no, ben what Affleck's about Colin cool, Farrell? Oh. Uh, you've definitely Colin got Farrell a Colin Farrell vibe. He could actually do yeah. you as well, yeah. but yeah. listen, that's why he's an announcer. He's still got a he's still got a head of hair. He's got a decent beard. He's got a great set of teeth. Get Colin Farrell drunk enough, he'll definitely yeah. do you. But um, uh, Devin Curra, thank you so much for joining the show. It's been such an epic. Look, we could go on forever. We, yeah, we, we even good. had a little bit of a pre-podcast before we even started the show. Yeah. So it's been great to have you on today. Um, I actually look forward to having you on again. Yeah, I'd love to talk. I mean. We didn't even get to Adesanya Whitaker. We didn't even get to Derek Lewis, Tai Tuivasa. We didn't get to anything that I wanted to talk. No, no, I'm only joking. Um, but but we didn't get he to, to some. Yeah, I'm absolutely obsessed with the sport that you're involved in. Yeah, we're gonna talk off camera because I really want to get involved in some of your your shows, your yeah, promotions, man. where uh, uh, Art and I can come actually film. Interviews with you, interviews with your fighters, interview with the other fighters, et cetera, et cetera, to, to gain more exposure yeah. to the fight game in, in South Africa. I'll hook you up um, with that, no problem. It's something that I really feel passionate about, combat sports. I grew up in dojos. My dad's a third down black belt karate. Uh, he had two jojos, one in Pinetown, one in Waterfall back in the 80s. So it's something very close to my heart. So thank you so much for joining the show. I can't wait to have you back again. Huh. It seems like the chemistry is seamless. So next time we talk some fights, uh, I'd love to have you around, man. Well, now you know who I am. So now we can talk about the shit that we want to talk about. We've been 100%. introduced to each other, but thank you very much. It's been wonderful. And where can where can people follow you? Um, at Dev Curra on Instagram, Devin Curra on Facebook, uh, the full name, and uh, don't fuck with Twitter. And KO, KO. So KO Promotions, go for the KO at go for the KO on Instagram. That's where I'm going to be releasing where the shirts are going to be available. The caps, sick caps, the boxing dude. gloves, exactly. If you're looking to buy a pair of boxing gloves, great quality boxing gloves. It's my baby, but I've used them, I've tested them. They're they're proven. Uh, you can get them on Take a Lot thirteen ninety nine. They'll get sent to your door free of del uh, free delivery. And uh, just look up KO Boxing Mexican Style on uh, Take a Lot. You can get the gloves there. Otherwise, yeah, uh, ESPN got that coming up uh, in two weeks' time. Johannesburg last Thursday of that week. I forget what the date is. I'm so fucked up with dates because it's just all over the place. Yeah. And Tarholics Fight Promotions on the twelfth of March at Grand Western Cape Town gonna be fucking amazing we can have crowds back so we can all draw together now. for sure i mean i just wish that our scheduling was a little bit better because we have our first gig with Arthur carlos diego Pereira the yeah. third on the, on the drums that night so i don't know what time that the show is going to end but it seems as though we might have to miss that one but i can't wait to actually be involved have the lights, have the cameras to interview the fighters and stuff. I, dude, this is this is the this is what we want. I, I, I can see your boner popping right up. It's called a broner. Yeah, yeah. A broner. <laughs> um, 
any parting words from you, dude? Yeah, dude, thanks, man. Looking forward to see if you can uh, kick back the promotional aspect of KO up again and get it to where you wanted it to. Yeah, let's let the market settle, let yeah. my, my calendar settle a bit. And who knows, man, I'd love to do it, but it's all dependent on whether the universe has a different plan. Well, for I'm right holding now. thumbs for that because yeah. it's, it's it's a great idea. And keep Thank it, you. Keep, keep the flag flying. Absolutely, man. For sure. It's awesome. Really love it. All right, this has been one of our favorite episodes. I've had the best time. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna kick off for another beer after this. But this is Papa Jesus episode 113 with Devin Curra. We're out. Thank you. This is how we do it.